0: I just want to take a moment to thank you church we have seen an outpouring of the grace of God on this church this last couple months we truly have and i'm just so honored and humbled to have been able to be a part of everything that god is doing here you guys need to know we have seen so many new people pouring into this church we have seen so many decisions we have seen god moving in people's lives we have seen miracles in this place many that we will be sharing very shortly and just all of the things happening it it truly is incredible there is a grace of god right now happening in this place and even just in this last week pastor john um sent us a report to our elder board and we literally were just like what is happening in this church right now there is an outpouring of generosity happening in this church everybody and that's something to clap for truly it's unbelievable we were just like what is happening so church you know i just want to thank so many of you so many of you have been taking steps of even trusting god in the area of your finances and it is opening the doors for us to do incredible things this isn't even including the almost a quarter of a million dollars we now have raised for hills academy county a quarter of a million dollars what is going on? And even, guys, just as fun to share these wins, you know, we've been able to bring some incredible people on this team. God has been just bringing people to this church. It shows you what He is starting to do and what He's preparing us for. You know, we'd love bringing Solon on just in these last couple of weeks. I love working with this guy, by the way. He's a fun guy. To, you're a fun dude to work with. He makes a lot of noise in the office with all his music stuff, but we love him anyways. But just in the last two weeks, Um, We've had a opening in our staff for a long time for a facilities director. You may not know this, but there's actually a lot that goes into creating a space and a place that can really do real ministry and reach people and make a kingdom impact. And so we're super excited. He's actually sitting on the drums right now. Mr. Michael just joined as our new facilities director. Killing it on the drums. So even just to around that, this guy has such a passion for God. He's this young dude. He's got theologi- the- theological training, ministry, education, and he is just bringing so much energy and momentum even to what's happening in and through this church. So you see God just putting things in place. And I'm telling you Northern Hills, you have to hear me today. We are just on the ground floor right now, all right? We're just starting to heat things up. We're just getting started. You ain't ready for what's coming. I don't know if you can handle what God's about to do in this place. This is what I've been saying. Hands and feet inside the riot at all times, all right? You better buckle your seatbelt, okay? Because things are coming. I can't wait to tell you some of the stuff happening in July, what's coming this fall. God is moving, everybody. So for those of you who've been at this church for years, I know some of you in this room, you've been here maybe even since the beginning of for decades. Thank you for your faithfulness. Seriously, thank you for being so consistent. This church is standing on just Thank you for giving me a chance to step into this role. Seriously, I'm so grateful for you guys who've really given me this opportunity and trusted me to step in this role. And for so many of you that are new, don't you guys? It's been the last couple of weeks, months, maybe. Some of you, it's your first time here today. We're so glad to have you. You are coming at the perfect time. You are on the ground floor of a move of God that is starting here in and through this church that we're believing is going to spread across this whole state and country and world. So, yes. But you guys ready to get into it today? You ready to dig in? Anybody hungry? Let's go to God right now. Lord, we praise you. We lift up your name today. And we just acknowledge Lord that it is all you. It is your grace, it is your power, it is your presence. So Jesus, we thank you for everything you have done in and through this church. The people here, Lord, this family you are building, and God, we now pray for you to do more. We pray for a greater word, Lord. We pray for an outpouring of your power. We pray for a revival. God, we pray that you would just awaken our hearts, Lord, increase our expectation. Do more than we could ask or imagine, Jesus. And right now, even in this moment, Lord, gathered as your people, we pray that we would have an encounter with you through your word. You would reveal to us your truth, our spirits and we would be able to go into this world in your power and favor. And we pray this in the amazing name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen, amen. All right. You may all take a seat, get comfortable. So good to have everybody in the house today. I want to say hey to everybody online too. Love having all you guys out there joining us from all over the place. On January 1st, 1988 there was a book that came out and it was called 88 reasons why the rapture will happen in 1988 now this book had calculations it had planetary alignments it had weather patterns it had all of the things and how many copies of this book do you think sold 4.3 4.3 million copies sold of this book in 1988. Now, interestingly enough, there was a 1989 version, 89 reasons why the world would come to end. There's a 1993 and 94 version. Now, here's the predicament we're in. It's 2022. So either this guy was wrong or we missed the bus, y'all. Like there was a stop that Jesus missed on the way to this whole thing. So I don't, I don't know what went down, but here's what I'm getting with this. There is a fascination with this whole topic that we sometimes call the end times. You know, the culmination of human history. Everything coming to its end. Jesus coming back. And some people really get into this whole topic and really like to geek out on it. And so they're asking all these questions of how is it all going to go down? When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? And especially with what's going on in the world right now, there's kind of a heightened sensitivity to What's the deal? What's the plan? Are things going down right now? And right before Father's Day, we started our summer series just calling it Hidden Gems. Now here's the premise of this. The premise is that there are so many well-known sayings of Jesus. A lot of people, whether you're a Christian or not, maybe you're familiar with John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world, you're familiar with some of the Beatitudes, you've heard stuff that Jesus has said. And yet, there are so many things that Jesus talks about that we almost never mention, especially like in a sermon on a Sunday. And so this is honestly a series just getting me out of my comfort zone, because my litmus test was, it has to be something I have never preached on before, all right? So it's taken me out of my comfort zone. It has to be something that I just feel like we don't hear a whole lot about on a typical Sunday. So we're kind of stretching ourselves a little bit, getting a little bit uncomfortable. I think we're going to have fun with this. And at one point— In Jesus' ministry, his disciples start grilling on him regarding this whole end times conversation. So they press in and they say this in Matthew 24, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So again, this whole topic how's this going down, Jesus? What's the plan? Where are we all going? And Jesus will then spend two chapters unpacking the details of this impending return. And we're going to go through every single verse this morning. So I'm asking our leaders to lock the doors. Nobody's leaving until we get through the next two chapters. We're going to be here a while. I hope you went to the bathroom before church started, all right? So that's the plan right now. Who's ready? <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't going to do that to you, all right? We're going to do, we're going to do big picture overview. We're going to look like, at uh, what are the absolute certainties we see from Jesus? What can we hold on to? And I'll leave some of the more, you know, questionable, controversial things out. You can study that on your own time. But let's go after this. What does Jesus have to say? What are some of these hidden gems? I'm going to jump to verse 6. And Jesus challenges us with saying, you've got to recognize the signs. This is the first charge Jesus gives us as he's teaching his disciples. Verse 6, here's Jesus' response to the question. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. We'll come back to that. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, I got to ask, any ladies in the room given birth to a child before? Do I got any ladies? Got to get a witness from some of the ladies in the room. Now, I have not met a single woman in my life who has told me, you know, Brian, Those contractions, not that big of a deal. Barely felt them. Honestly, didn't even know they were happening. And then the baby just came out. I've never heard a woman tell me it was a pleasant experience birthing a child. All right, if you did have that experience, find me after church. I just have to meet you, okay? But I have to add this little disclaimer here so you can't be mad at me that I'm showing this. My sister, so a woman sent me this meme two weeks ago. Pastor John said it was appropriate enough for church, okay? but my sister sent me this meme. Man-eating pizza, no reason for both of us to be suffering. Dude, guys, you know, if you have a death wish, that is one way to guarantee that's gonna happen. Okay, take that off the screen. Take it off, Mason. That's, my sister sent it, so you can't be mad at me. Now, here's what's interesting. Jesus compares the events of human history to birth contractions, ultimately pointing to this culmination of this new birth that we'll talk about in a minute. But pain is appropriate. Look at some of the things Jesus mentions. He says, there's going to be wars. Nations are going to rise up against each other. There's going to be famines and other natural disasters. Even Paul, building on this idea after Jesus' resurrection, Romans 8.22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning As in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Some of you ladies, you know those groans. You know what that feels like. And Paul is pointing this idea that partly because of the sin and brokenness in in this world, but even because of this expectation of where God is taking human history, there are literal pains and cycles happening in this world and in our human experience that are moving towards an ultimate end. But here's the temptation. This is the trap so many Christians fall into, all right? And this is why we sometimes look ridiculous. Just got to be honest. Anytime some world event happens, a lot of Christians get their pants all in a bundle. Like, this is it. It's over. Jesus is coming. This is definitely the one. I know a couple verses in Revelation, so this is it. I've learned a few things. The avalanche are about to win the Stanley Cup. Jesus is coming back, everybody. There's only, that's the only way you can explain the circumstances of our lives today. But truly, you think about it. Imagine what it must have been like to live through World War II. I mean, that had to feel apocalyptic, don't you think? You think Hurricane Katrina living in the middle of that, that felt like the end to so many people. I am certain that there are people in Ukraine right now. It is the end of the world for them. Truly. And so the temptation is massive event happens. This is it. Like it's happening. Our brains immediately go to that point. The thing we have to be careful about though, understand the nuance of what Jesus says. He says, this isn't an absolute indication that things are ending. He says, the end is still to come. These are the beginning of birth pains. Now, we've had a couple thousand years of contractions so far. So we have to just be careful about just feeling certain about certain dynamics of what's happening in this world. There has to be a little bit of humility about some of these predictions, but the charge Jesus gives us, he says, in light of all this stuff, my challenge to you is do not be alarmed. That's the challenge from Jesus. I'm curious today, What's your anxiety level right now? What's your anxiety at? How do you feel about gas prices right now? <laughs> How do you feel about inflation at the moment? How are you feeling about the impending recession that every single news outlet is talking about right now that we may be in at this moment stepping into? How do you feel about the things like Russia and Ukraine going on? How do you feel about the political polarization in our country right now? How do you feel about the dynamics of your own life? What is your anxiety level right now? If you live long enough, you are definitely going to realize that you have much less control over the dynamics and circumstances of this world, let alone your own life reality is going to punch you in the face at some point, And you're going to realize, I got no handle on anything. I mean, all it takes is the bad decisions of some people to screw your own life up. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about with that. Some of us, we screw our own lives up. The circumstances of the world and what's happening around us, the brokenness, all of it. And so I'm curious, is anything alarming you right now? You got any concern? Paul was writing to a group of Christians in the first century, a church. And he's speaking of Jesus at this moment. This is Colossians 1. I'm going to start in verse 16. Paul says, for in him, again, Jesus, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. I love this final liner. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Do you see what kind of statement Paul is making right here? He's making the case that God himself is holding the very universe in the palm of his hand. That he's got control over every single detail flowing through human history right now. I'm wondering, if God is holding the universe together, why do so many of us in this room feel like we need to? Some of you guys literally have the weight of the world on your shoulders right now. If God is holding it all together, you don't have to. I'm telling you, some of you guys need to loosen your grip today. You are clenching the life out of some of the stuff going on. <laughs> am I, I telling, is anybody, am I talking, anybody hear me today? Am I, am I helping anybody? I, I'm curious, though, where do you gotta loosen the grip? Some of us are so wound up, so tight. There are things you have no control over. But here is your security. This is the confidence. You have a God who does. You've got a God who truly is holding the stars together, the universes, the galaxies. If He is holding that together, do you think He can handle the details of your life? Do you think He knows how to get you where you need to go? <laughs> I'm telling you, today I want some people to be set free today. So you got to loosen the grip. God's got this thing. Jesus is saying there's you got to recognize the signs, but you gotta understand there's a God who's holding it right in the palm of his hand. None of this stuff is scaring him. And if you are a Christian today, you have to understand you don't have a spirit of fear. That was not put in you. If you know the verse, he has given you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. There is no fear that should be filling your life if you're a follower of Jesus, regardless of anything going on in this world or your own life. There is a confidence in Christ that you need to have. Even in this cultural moment we're in, recognize the signs, everybody. Do not be alarmed. That is the Christian confidence you have. We got to keep going. We ain't done yet, all right? We're just getting warmed up. I got some time left, all right? I'm looking at the clock. Don't worry. Trust the timing. Got to trust the timing. Now, has anybody heard that phrase, timing is everything? You ever hear that kind of cliche? (laughs) I want to do a group experiment. First service failed at this, by the way, all right? So here's your guys' chance to see if we can redeem this. I'm going to attempt it. I almost threw it out, but it's too cheesy not to do. All right. I need you to repeat after me. I need you to say back to me, what's the secret to a good joke? So ask me. Timing. I see a lot of confused faces in the room like, what was he trying to accomplish there? Watch it back later. You'll get it maybe. I don't know. Here's what I'm getting at with this. I promised I had a point. The timing of God can feel very complicated sometimes. There's there's a lot of people I know who have a real desire to be married. Like truly, you feel like it is something God has called you to. And yet your biological clock is ticking every single day telling you you are running out of time. There's a lot of people who have a true desire from God to have children. I know this. And the timing is not falling into place that you were thinking. It's not coming together. There's so much stuff that doesn't go according to the timeline. Can I get an amen from some people at least on that? That's true. Now, interestingly, Peter is talking about the dynamics of human history now at this point. So we're going to go back to big picture. And... What's funny is he's talking to the attitude that a lot of us have, the feeling we have. We wouldn't want to admit this in church, but let's just be honest that this is how we feel sometimes about the timing of God. Second Peter 3, 4, it says, they will say, so this is kind of the attitude some of us have, where's this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as, as it has since the beginning of creation. Can we just have an honest moment? It sometimes doesn't feel like God is doing a whole lot. Come on, am I the only one who feels that way sometimes? It's like, hey, God, you said you're coming back. You got this great plan for history. I mean, I'm still working my dead-end job. I'm still paying my bills. I'm just kind of going through my life. Like, is anything coming together? Is there some grand plan? It doesn't look like it. And when I don't see this stuff in history coming together, how, how can I believe that even God's got the details of my life figured out? But Jesus spoke to this same idea back in Matthew 24. After his disciples asked him all these questions, he said this, But about the day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. God's timeline is so confidential that even Jesus himself during the incarnation said he didn't even know the details of it. That's how confidential this thing was. And yet, even after Jesus' resurrection, his disciples come back to him. They're like, okay, it's time, right? Right? Are we pulling the trigger? Is this happening? And look at Jesus' response in Acts 1-7. It's not for you to know. We're going to talk about that. The times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. It's not for you to know. There is not a single person in this room that likes to hear that response about anything. There's so many of us in here. You're like, God, you're going to do things by my authority. God, this is when I expect my hopes and dreams to all come together. God, this is when I expect you to fix all of my problems and issues. God, you're on my timeline. And you're in trouble if you don't get this figured out. (laughs) I got to ask you today. If God has the dates and times set for human history, do you think he can handle the dates and times for your life? Do you think that's too big of a detail for him to handle? This is one of my favorite verses in Proverbs. A pretty popular one, but I think it fits with what we're talking about. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths what? What? Straight. Straight. This is God's challenge to you today. He's saying, I'm not asking you to understand. I'm asking you to trust. Those are two very different things. We get that very mixed up. Your job is to walk God's job is to make the path straight. And some of you guys are just stuck in limbo, walking around in a circle because you don't trust anything that God's going to do in your life. and You're just in a cycle of anxiety and freaking out and everything. I don't know if anybody else has had experience. My entire adult life has just been one confusing mess. I'm sorry, can I just be real? Like, what are you doing, God? Like, what am I doing in Colorado right now? This makes no sense, truly. I have no idea what I'm doing here. And how did I end up in Northern Hills? And Nicole, our life has just been a confusing mess, hasn't it, in so many ways. Like, we don't know what God is doing. And yet, every step of faith we have taken, we see God unfolding this path as things get moving. We just see it. I'm just wondering if anybody could be a witness to that, too. It's like one step forward, four steps back, take a loop around the cul-de-sac. God, is this even happening right now? What's going on? (laughs) there are so many timelines that are completely out of your control. You can't influence them at all. So I'm wondering today, what timeline do you need to let go of today? Do you have God on a clock right now for something? Some of you guys have a deadline for God that he didn't even agree to. And I'm telling you, whether it's the end of human history or your own life, God knows the dates and the times. You can rest in confidence knowing as you walk in faith, as you trust, you don't understand a thing, he is going to straighten the path for you. But your job is to walk though. Some of you guys, it's time to move and trust God as you go on the journey and he will work the times out as it goes. Trust the timing, Northern Hills. You gotta trust that timing. Trust it. We got one other piece though. This is key. Jesus finishes up this challenge in this section, and the challenge is be prepared. Be prepared. I'm going to jump to verse 42. This is Jesus. Therefore, keep watch. Okay, that's the challenge. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, He would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. Common sense, right? Buy a ring, figure it out, cover your house. So also, you also must be ready. Again, there's the application. Because the son of man, Jesus, will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So when I was in high school, I was a junior in high school, and I'm minding my own business doing my high school thing. Well, I wake up one day and I walk outside And all of my trees are littered with toilet paper. Now, this is years before toilet paper was the value of gold as it is today. (laughs) Ain't nobody teepeeing houses anymore right now. People are stealing it off people's houses when they get teepeed. I got teepeed though. I got hit. Now, what this person didn't know is you're not just going to teepee my house and get away with it. So I hired the FBI. I got a bounty hunter. I did all the research and I figured out the culprit was my prom date from that year. Now, here's what was funny. Prom hadn't even happened yet. So my date was now a sworn enemy. I ain't going to let that slide. So I'm like, I don't care if we're going to be dancing in two weeks. I am getting you back. So I actually recruited a few of my friends and we accumulated 300 rolls of toilet paper. And let me just say this. It was, ap- it was apocalyptic, everybody. That's all I'm going to say. It was, it was the end of the world as we knew it for her house. And um, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing for me. I, I only use that illustration because Peter, 2 Peter 3.10, he says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. When Jesus comes back, it's going to be like getting robbed. It's going to be like somebody hit your house with 300 rolls of toilet paper. You will not be expecting it. And it's going to be too late at that moment. The world's just going to be going on, guys. Even at one point, Jesus says, people are going to be getting married. People are going to be living their lives, paying their bills, doing their thing. And then, boom, it's going to hit. And that's why there needs to be a watchfulness and a readiness. There's one other part about my high school experience that I just absolutely hated. And it was the dreaded moment when you would have the teacher say in the middle of the class, Okay, everybody, put your books away. Put your notes away. It's time for a... Pop quiz. The anxiety is stirring up in me right now, even just thinking about it. (laughs) It's one thing to have a test that's on the calendar. You know it's coming because you can cram for anything last minute. You know, you can just squeak by. Pop quizzes, though, you got to be on the ready at any moment. And God is saying, this return, it ain't in the syllabus. This ain't on the schedule for you, but it's going to happen. So, How do you be ready? You're just supposed to live in paranoia. You're supposed to be, again, looking outside, trying to wait. Like, what does this even look like? Actually, Peter tells us what our response should be in light of this bigger picture plan of God. In verse 11, he says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, he unpacks some ideas about how the end's going to look. You can read that later. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God, and speed, it's coming. Now let me just catch that speed word right there. Sometimes people read that speed, they're like, okay, it's coming quick. It's gonna happen. It's only been 2,000 years. And you gotta be careful. It's actually not about time there. It's about the suddenness once it does happen. So he's saying, hey, life's gonna be going long, and then boom, it's gonna hit hard. It's gonna be speedy. You ain't gonna be ready in so many different ways. Nobody's gonna see it coming. But this is what is interesting. Peter's challenge is saying, in light of that, We know at some point it's going to go down. Our response should be a transformed life, a sense of preparedness, readiness, and watchfulness. What is a holy life? That is a life that is separated for God. It is set apart for him. It means Jesus is your ultimate priority. Your life is centered around him. To be godly is to live a life that exhibits the qualities and characteristics of God himself. I'm curious today, would anybody describe your life as holy and godly? If Jesus were to come back today, would you be proud of the life he caught you living? Now please don't mishear me. I'm not saying there's an expectation of perfection. you got to have everything figured out. We're all messed up, everybody. All right, let's just... There is sin. There is brokenness. It is a process. But there's a real challenge here. Because Peter is saying, in light of what we know is coming, there should be a holy intensity in all of us to be pursuing and striving towards the life God is calling us to. Because we want to stand before him one day proud of the life we're living. That's the challenge. And I know... This whole idea of like return of Jesus, it sounds so nebulous and kind of confusing and strange. Sometimes it's hard to really wrap your hands around. As hard as that is to grasp, there is one undeniable reality that I think we all can grasp. Every single person here today and online has a last day. You've got a last day. Now, it may be that Jesus comes back, we're the last generation, it's a possibility, but there's a real likelihood too, that our last day is going to be natural circumstances, the timeline of life, and all the events that happen to us. But there's going to be a last day. I really want to honestly ask you, how do you feel about your last day? I promise I am not trying to threaten or scare anybody. That is not my heart. But truly, how do you feel about your last day? It's going to happen. The writer in Hebrews, there's a letter in the Bible called Hebrews. He's speaking to this very idea. In Hebrews 9, verse 27, the writer says, just as people are destined to die once and after that face judgment. So we accept the fact we're going to die. Let's be honest. It's going to happen. This is going to happen one time. No reincarnation, none of that stuff. A lot of us don't like that second half, though. Face judgment. We have to acknowledge the reality. Whether you believe in God or not, you're going to stand before him. You will believe him very quickly when that moment comes. Your faith will change. We're going to face him. But look at what this next line says. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. So he's saying, even Jesus himself experienced death on our behalf to take away sin. So if you are in Christ, you need to know that sin has been taken away. You are not living in fear of a real judgment. Because look how he finishes this last line that I'll finish right here land the plane, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Ladies, you know you know the pains of birth, right? There are contractions that happen, but every woman knows, every mom I've ever talked to says, when I saw that new life on the other side, when I saw that new birth, it was worth every moment of pain. It was like I forgot all of it. When I saw the gift that God brought, And so that's what this writer is saying. He's like, there is new life on the other side of these contractions we are all feeling as a human species. Because this new birth, Jesus is coming back and he's bringing salvation, new life, eternal life, freedom, ultimate freedom from sin, death, suffering, the brokenness of this world. Jesus is bringing it all together in this beautiful end. They say this gift of salvation is for everybody who is waiting for him. How do you know if you're one of those people that is waiting for Jesus? Have you experienced the true grace of Jesus in your life? Do you know that your sins are forgiven? Had you had that moment you've handed them over to God? Do you have a sense of God's presence in your life? Do you know Jesus is working in and through the circumstances? of every detail. Are you saved? That's the question. Are you looking forward to Jesus coming back because you know you're not gonna stand before him for judgment? He's not coming to bring a hammer. He's coming to open up his hands and welcome you into his kingdom. That's what he has for you. And I know there's so many of us in this room. You have had that experience. You know Jesus. You ain't perfect, but he has you on an amazing path. He's straightening out the paths for you. I'm telling you, you don't have to live in any fear. You've got everything to look forward to. I know the contractions hurt sometimes, but there is a new birth coming and trust me, there is a hope, there is a new life. You have everything to look forward to if you are a follower of Jesus. And I wanna say, if you are somebody in here, you have not made that decision. Maybe you're not even sure, you don't know where you stand. You can today receive that grace you can experience that salvation. You can have that. It's available to you. Jesus is offering it to anybody who would receive him and invite him into their lives. Why would you pass up on that opportunity? I'm telling you, history is going somewhere. God is going to bring it to an ultimate end. And he is offering you the greatest gift you could possibly imagine to step into this new life and new birth that he has planned for you on the other side of this life. All you have to do is invite him in. It's grace. And so close the service, we are going to celebrate just the power of God, that Jesus is alive, that he died in our place, defeated sin and death on the cross and is alive and well today preparing to bring all of human history together. We're going to sing and worship God for that, but when I pray, I want to give you an opportunity to pray with me and invite Jesus into your life. Receive his salvation. And so if that is you, take this opportunity reach out to him. I'm telling you, he will change your life. So let's pray together right now as a church. Jesus, we just lift you up right now. You are a God who has the universe in the palm of his hand. Lord, everything is under your control. And so right now, Lord, we release our grip on our lives. We release our that grip on comfort and certainty and needing things to go our way. I pray, Lord, that we would be set free from internal clocks and deadlines and timelines that you did not place upon us. Free us from that burden, that expectation. Lord, we just lay our lives down before you, trusting You know the dates, you know the times, you have everything held together in your hands, even our very lives. And right now, if you truly would like to invite Jesus in, embrace his salvation, receive his forgiveness, you can just pray in your heart and mind right now, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died and rose from the dead, that you are alive today fight you into my life. I want to experience your salvation. I want your hope. I want your joy. I want what only you can give. I reach out to you now with whatever faith I can muster and I pray for you to save me and give me that hope of new life that you have planned for me. Lord, I pray for every person genuinely reaching out to you right now that you would fill their hearts with your love, with your presence, with your salvation, that they could live and walk in the paths you have prepared for them. And I pray for every single one of us in here, Lord, that we would live holy, godly lives, compelling lives in this world and in anticipation of what you are doing and preparing, Lord. And we thank you, God, that we have everything to look forward to in Jesus, the hope of eternity and heaven and new life. And we celebrate that today. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Can I hear a good mate Amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or... Download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.